Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're studying the book of Romans and learning how the power of the gospel is the key to our justification and sanctification. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Have a beautiful postcard today from Thailand. Just had the opportunity with a group from our church to go to Thailand for a few days and spend some time with missionary Wayne Shemesh and see the incredible work that God is doing there. And while I was there, my good friends from Open Door Baptist Church in Linwood, Washington, were also there and they got together and purchased a postcard and sent it. In fact, uh, Suzanne Shemesh, you even signed this all the way from Thailand. So thank you, Rosita and the crew from Open Door for sending me this reminder of our time together in Thailand. We're in Romans 1 and we've been moving at a little bit of a slower pace just because verses 16 and 17 have been key verses for us just in establishing the theme, the power of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, said the Apostle Paul. Why? Because I know what the gospel can do. I know what the gospel has done for me. I know that the gospel is the very revelation of the righteousness of God, which we need because our own human righteousness will never will never make it, will, will never be enough. We need the very righteousness secured for us by Jesus Christ that can be gifted to us as we come to him by faith. So we've been talking about uh, the revelation of God's righteousness through the gospel. Now, why do we need the gospel? That's the big question. I think you know the answer, and I think most people know the answer intuitively, but really from chapter 1 and verse 18 through chapter 3, of the book of Romans, God outlines the case as to why mankind desperately needs the gospel, why we desperately need rescuing and the righteousness that only God can provide. And I want you to see that. So Romans chapter 1, verse number 16, the Bible says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth. And that really means to hold back or to suppress the truth in unrighteousness, in their unrighteousness. So what is the Bible teaching? Well, the Bible is teaching that just as the gospel reveals something, the righteousness of God, so the wrath of God reveals something. And the fact that God is angry with mankind and the fact that God justly righteously has every right to punish man is evident because of man's own condition. And what is the condition of man? Well, the Bible tells us here in verse 18, he is ungodly and unrighteous. Now that's a, that's a huge indictment, is it not? That mankind is ungodly and unrighteous. And because of his ungodliness, and because of his unrighteousness, the wrath of God is revealed against him. Sin must be paid for. There is a penalty for sin. And sin is described here in those two words, ungodly 
that would be our relationship with God. And then unrighteous, that would be the improper way by which we relate with other people. And so as as people, as human beings, we are both ungodly, we're not right with him, and we're unrighteous, we're not right with our fellow man. And because of that, we are the recipients of the wrath of God. Unless something rescues us, unless that unrighteousness can be remedied, then we are under the imminent wrath of God. That's a a horrible thought, and yet it's a true thought. So the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who, what are they doing? They're suppressing the truth. God wants to give them the truth about himself, about his character, ultimately, in a special way, about the gospel itself. But what are they doing? Mankind is holding back the truth, suppressing the truth in their own unrighteousness. Why? Because there's something about us, there's something about human beings that we don't like to admit that we're wrong. We don't like to admit that we have a sin problem. We would. We don't want to think about the fact that there is an overarching authority and that sin must come into judgment and that I am accountable for my choices. So we like to hold that back. We like to conveniently ignore that. We try to novocaine that thought from our minds. And yet what we're going to see in the ensuing verses and chapters is that we have no excuses because God has clearly revealed himself, his character to man so that we have to do something with it. So watch what it says in verse number 19. Because because that when they have known God, see that in verse 19? Because that, I'm sorry, verse number 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. Sometimes you'll hear somebody say, well, I just don't believe in God. I don't really believe in a supreme being. I just believe that what is, is it is, and there's really no higher power. And the simple fact of the matter is no one really believes that in their heart of heart. I mean, you have to believe in the eternal something. Do you believe in the fact that matter is eternal, that things have always been and matter has always been and from time immemorial, from eternity past, there's always been something you know, everyone has to believe that. The, the fact is, everyone truly does know that there's God. There's something beyond. Everyone knows that because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. It's intuitive for God hath showed it. So that's God's choice. God has revealed it. God has showed it unto them. Now, in what way has God demonstrated the reality of his person to mankind? In what ways Uh, Has God demonstrated that there is a God, that there is uh, an accountability we have before God? Uh, In what ways has God generally, that's the word I was looking for, in what ways has God generally revealed himself to man? That's what chapters 1 and chapters 2 of the book of Romans help us to understand, God's general revelation. How has God revealed himself to everybody? Red and yellow, black and white, man and woman, old and young, rich and poor, past and present. How has God revealed himself to every single human being who has ever lived? That's the question. And there are two ways by which God has done that. Number one, 
God has revealed himself to everybody via God's creation. The fact that that things can't just be. Matter can't just exist. There must be a cause. There must be a creator. And, And watch what it says in verse number 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world. God is the invisible God. We don't see God. You can't look at God today and see him with your physical eyes, apprehend him through your physical senses. Okay, but the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. You can't see him, but you can see clearly what he's done. If I show you a painting, I know there's a painter. If I show you a musical composition, I know there's a composer. The fact is, God has demonstrated who he is through his creation. That's why the psalmist says the heavens declare the glory of God. They declare the earth shows his handiwork. All you have to do is look around. Go out on a starlit night. Turn off all man-made lights and just look up and get lost in the wonder, the splendor of who God is. He's written his his autobiography in that sense in the stars. You go out to some beautiful mountain landscape scene and look and see. Go take a walk along the ocean. The creation of God speaks to the reality of, the existence of God. And God says that's a creation that has been available to every single person who has ever lived. It's the general revelation of God as the creator. Look at verse number 20. The invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Understand, we, the creature, we understand intuitively. At the, at the soul level, we understand that there is a God, and therefore we are accountable to our creator. They're clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, and then, watch this, even his eternal power and Godhead. So in understanding there's a creator, in understanding that God is the mover shaker, the, the, the ultimate cause of him are all things, Paul will go on to say at the end of Romans chapter 11. Understanding that, what does that teach us? That teaches us that, that he has eternal power and Godhead, the great triune God who made man in his image that's the God with whom we have to deal. That's the God that is the creator, the, the initiator of all things. And so therein is accountability. And mankind generally does not like to be accountable for his actions. Why? Because his actions, as we have seen, are ungodly and unrighteous. He needs salvation. He needs some plan outside of himself whereby he can be righteous He needs good news because the bad news is that the wrath of God has been revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Look at verse number 21. We'll probably finish with this verse today. Because that, when they knew God. So it's not a question about whether or not people know there's a God, at least not biblically. Now, I know that we've all met people that will just swear up and down, I just don't believe in a God. But the Bible says something very different. Matter of fact, the Bible says the fool has said in his heart there is no God. The fool says that. That's a very foolish thing. You have to arrive there. 
through pseudo-intellectualism because nobody naturally comes to that conclusion looking at the natural world. Nobody. You go to tribal people around the world, they will all testify to, uh, to God, to the invisible God. Why? Because it is intuitive to creation, uh, to, the cre- to the creature. Look at verse number 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful. They weren't thankful for their existence and thankful for the creation of God, but were but became vain. That means empty uh, in their imaginations, in their thinking, and their foolish heart was darkened. So that's where we go back to what we just led with this episode, and that is that they are suppressing the truth of God. I don't want to believe that there's a a higher power. I don't want to believe that there's a creator of the universe. I don't want to believe that God uh, holds me in account for my sinful choices. I don't want to believe that. And so I would rather invent other theories. I would rather come up with some other notion. That way I'm not accountable. I'd rather put my hand, my head rather in the proverbial sand so that I don't have to deal with. See that? The reason why man suppresses, holds back the truth about God is because if I believe there is a God, a creator, then I have to believe in his supremacy. I have to believe in my accountability to him. And I don't want to think about that because my sin is staring me in the face and telling me that I am guilty. And so therefore, I would much rather come up with my own notions and come up with my higher thinking. I'd much rather elevate who I am and de-elevate who he is so I can feel better about myself. Of course, that doesn't solve the problem. All that does is put a little bit of Novocaine on my spiritual condition. Now, we'll come back to this uh, next episode. So we'll, we'll go to verse number 22. In fact, Lord willing, we'll finish the chapter next episode, but wow, God has revealed himself generally in creation. And that revelation ought to make us shudder as sinners because we realize that we are accountable to our creator. We're going to come back to verse 22 next time. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.